seize the moment. Anyways, Jay, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, brother. Good to have you in. I'm excited to to chat and uh, sort of share your story a little bit. Yeah, so let's let's start with like training, man. How's training been going for you the past couple months? Yeah, like training pre COVID was was getting fun, uh, yeah. but na- through COVID, it's obviously uh, forced, like not to press pause, but it's just forced a change in direction. I'd call it like I kind of posed the question to myself: Do I want to try to continue training barbell? in the backyard where the facilities aren't necessarily perfect and like conducive to heavy lifting and just do however many months COVID lasts of like technique work and Mm -hmm. like light speed work and just positional stuff and supplement that with GPP style like gymnastic work that's strict well the gymnastic work that you can do in a backyard and uh you know like just all the all the abs and midline stuff or did I want to just pivot and start working on things that I've been shit at and have been ignoring for a long time like any sort of cardio or conditioning, any sort of long mm-hmm. distance, anything, anything over 10 minutes of continuous steady, steady state movement. Like that, those are things that I haven't focused on in like eight years because I've been pretty yeah. sport specific for almost a decade now. So like yeah. my body has gotten really efficient at moving some ways, but really trash at moving other ways. And it's just the cost of being in the sport. So yeah. I chose, I chose to go the other way and, and move in ways that I haven't. So I've been running a lot. I've been oh, doing a lot shit. of body weight stuff. Like just shit that I haven't done in like almost a decade. And the first two months of COVID, it was death. Like I would wake up super sore and yeah. uh, the, the runs would take me like an hour and a half to recover from. <laughs> like you just get that oh, weird God. cough, yeah. just can't recover, yeah. but it's getting better. What about That's you? That's good, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had, to, I had to switch it up. Like I kind of went back to bodybuilding for a bit, even though I did manage to get my hands on a rower like very early on. Like I would, that, that was the extent of my cardio for the first little bit was just like rowing intervals and uh, bodybuilding. And it was mainly upper body because I just had two 50 pound dumbbells. That's all I had. <laughs> so air squats, I had two 25s to warm up with the 25s and then throw the 50s on my back. Um, yeah. And then as soon as I got my hands on like more equipment, then I started to just get back to the traditional kind of CrossFit. But it was crazy what happened with uh, the sport during this whole thing, right? You know, the whole shit with Greg Glassman and all the changes at the office and people deaffiliating and stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm just curious, like, where do you think the sport is headed? Because I feel like there's still a community, but there just isn't like a name for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like the the separation of a lot of gyms, Academy Alliance included, uh, from the brand of CrossFit is like not necessarily going to kill the sport because we've we've all been doing this fitness game for a long time regardless of if you call it CrossFit, GPP, if you're an Olympic lifter like we our gym at Academy as you know as a member and as a coach mm-hmm. is pretty diversified in the way we approach fitness so I yeah. don't think it'll affect our day-to-day approach to things like competition because we've already seen it. There's already emails circulating around of people trying to coin the next um, governing body of like functional fitness type competition. Like there's, I've already Mm -hmm. seen three emails talking about different organizations that are gonna be circulating through Toronto's fitness scene. So I think there's still gonna be a place for CrossFitters or ex-CrossFitters, whatever you wanna call yourself, there's going to be a place for you to compete and, and throw down and be with your friends in an event type setting. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of like, who's going to run it? Where is it going to be? But I, I have no doubt that that's going to continue being a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking today, like I was just training and I was like, man, like usually I train for the open, right? I'm like, Oh, like, you know, I'm going to train. I'm going to try to peak out in, in whenever it is. It used to be in March. Now it was 
you know, it's in October. But then I was like, wait, like, is there even an open? Like, am I even going to do the open? Like, what's my next kind of thing? So I was just, yeah, I was just curious myself. I know that, like I said, there's still a big community. Like people aren't just going to stop training in the sport. Um, I kind of think of it like NBA and like basketball, right? It's kind of like basketball is its own thing. The NBA is just this organization. Um, and you know, even if there was no NBA, something would take over and still continue the sport of basketball, right? Yeah, people would still be willing to play and get together and someone who has the means or the outreach would definitely be willing to use their connections and form some sort of league or governing body. It would just be a matter of time. Yeah, I'm really curious to see where it goes. I'm really excited too. I'm excited too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, all that being said, I mean, even when I when I started in the sport, I remember like, like, you know, you look at the documentaries, you look at the websites, like it was just like a lot of white people, right? And I was just like, man, like, I wonder why that is. And then I realized it kind of reminded me of like, kind of like hockey, like hockey is a really expensive sport, right? So it's a little bit more for like wealthy individuals, whereas things like soccer and basketball, it's like, you know, you just get a ball, find a hoop or a net or whatever. Um, but CrossFit, you know, you need a little bit more equipment, you got to pay for a membership and stuff like that. Um, you know, what was your experience like when you started off, um, and like going and sticking with it through the years, um, you know, as a, as a black male, like, like, what was your experience like? Yeah. And yeah, that's a great question actually. So like, I I think it's definitely tied to the fact that CrossFit at its origin, like at the very beginning was heavily geared towards like military and police forces. Like that's kind of who it was for at the very beginning and who it it was marketed for as well. So Mm -hmm. as it grew in popularity, we can't forget that the foundational group that kind of, for lack of a better word, started it and kind of put it together and turned it into what it is now were a bunch of military and police officers. Like that's kind of where it came from, which is obviously going to inadvertently make it white you know yeah, like yeah, whether yeah. whether that was on purpose or not it probably wasn't it's just the way it works out mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when i first started at academy i just kind of fell into crossfit because it was offered as like an after school thing and that's just what we did i didn't really have much choice i was also 17 and not really thinking about the social political agenda behind what yeah. i was doing i just i just wanted to be fit you know yeah yeah but now like over the years i think part of the back-end reason as to why I fell so hard in love with weightlifting versus falling head over heels with CrossFit. Like, I pivoted to CrossFit in, like, year two of being around Academy, and I stayed mm-hmm. in weightlifting for the remainder of the journey up until now. I love CrossFit. Yeah. I love I love programming it. I love working with CrossFitters. Like, it is a fun... Uh, fitness regime or it's a fun way to approach fitness especially now that there's a competitive stage associated with it It just makes it way more fun but it was never my thing and I think the the lack of diversity around it was definitely part of it I looked into weightlifting and there was Europeans there were Canadians there were Americans blacks white Cubans Asians everybody weightlifts and there's Mm -hmm. there's people who dominate different weight classes from different nations all over the world so like it, it was just it spoke to me on a way different stronger level than crossfit ever yeah did. that's crazy i never actually thought about that like yeah when i think about weightlifting you're right like different weight classes different countries different body types and uh yeah that's actually really interesting i never really thought about that i think crossfit tried to do that like maybe towards the end like where they uh the way that they were doing their their open it was like you know top people from each country yeah um, but which still, was really like, the, cool yeah, it was super cool, but then still, like, the Americans would always dominate, you know, people from Iceland and Americans yeah. just crushed everybody else. Um, all right, cool, cool. So, what, besides that, like, what else kind of drew you to, to weightlifting? Like, um, like, was it just, like, you hated cardio or, like, what else about weightlifting kind of made you fall in love with it? 
so like at the very beginning when I had finished up with the intern side at Academy and like I was in the mix now, like working towards becoming a coach and, and that kind of stuff, I was in a CrossFit class and Alex had been running a weightlifting class in the back and he kind of peeked out and had seen me in the CrossFit class and he asked Danny, who was what the instructor at the time, if... Yeah if I was ever interested in weightlifting. And he came over and he asked me, like, have you ever done a snatch or a clean and jerk? And I said, no. And then he said, you should. And I've what? always been, I've Did always you ask been him why? someone. No, you, no, you never ask That's Mr. So... Miyagi why. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just take the wisdom, you absorb it and work with it. So it's like, in that situation, I've always been someone who responds well to like, a Mr. Miyagi type of teacher, someone who's been there, done that, they've lived the lifestyle, and now they're in their older stages of life and they're passing on the wisdom that their life gave to you so that you can add to it and take it to the next step and pass it on and continue the cycle of life, right? I like that approach to training. So the second I had this dude who was in his mid-50s or early 50s at the time and had a bronze medal, had dominated the weightlifting scene for almost 15 straight years, has, is known by anyone who enjoys weightlifting. If you mention mm -hmm. Alex, Alex Varbanov, they're going to know who you're talking about. Like yeah. the second I put all of the pieces together and kind of researched and figured out who he was. And then it's like, this dude just told me I should try weightlifting. <laughs> Fuck that. There's no other question about it. I had to, you know, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I'm curious what was going through his mind at that moment, because I mean, it would have made sense, I think, if you were in that class doing weightlifting and he saw you weightlift and he was like, hey, like, let's do some weightlifting. But you're saying like you had never done that at that time, right? Yeah. And I think a part of it, too, like when I jumped in, I think the youngest person on top of me would have been a girl named Nicole. And I think at that time she may have been like in her mid 20s, like maybe 24 to 27. I'm not actually exactly sure. But I think he just saw another young person with some potential to move in a certain way and mm -hmm. at that time the only person younger than me would have been Nikki his son so and it's just oh, yeah. when you're trying to formulate a team like young energy is always a good thing because young people are usually motivated they have yeah. that the potential ceiling feels so much further for them so pushing day to day really hard on a busted body is easy for young people it helps yeah. the training environment you know so I think he just saw a young kid getting in in a CrossFit class and was like dude, you should do this sport instead. <laughs> nice, nice. And what was it like uh, being on that team? I mean, you know, uh, I left it with you guys a little bit, but I was never really like in that on that team for a very long period of time. But, you know, you had guys like Nikki, you know, uh, you had, you know, strong guys like Kyle on that team yeah. at a certain point. Um, you know, what was that whole environment like? Honestly, like it, it was so much fun. And like you can tr like you can recreate those things now, but I feel like it's also something that you can only appreciate when you're young and you have almost no responsibilities. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I was still living at home. I got to go home every night to cook dinner by my mom. Like I didn't have to pay rent. Like I could just pour all my time into like uh... school and weightlifting. So like I lived the sport for a couple years at the beginning before I had to be an adult. But <laughs> at the beginning, it was infectious, infectious. It was all I could talk about. It's all I really cared about. Um, my teammates were my family like it was so good you know like it's it, you live your day waiting to go to training <laughs> and then yeah. depending on how well training goes it might make your day it might make you super pissed <laughs> off and, hun and hungry for tomorrow you know but yeah. it was infectious to say the least i loved it nice man nice and how long were you a uh, part of that team for i was with alex from 17 to about 25 so wow eight years Nice, nice. And how many competitions did you take part in? I don't know. 
like from 17 to 19, I was too scared to compete. I didn't feel good enough. I just didn't feel confident enough. There was always too much going on in the back yeah, to, actually, yeah. to actually be doing it in front of people. That would have been too crazy for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I forced myself to wait. But then from about 19 through 25, that was six years of competing as much as we could, essentially. Like every three or four months, there was a meet to go to. I've never done the math on it, but it's yeah, got to it's got to be a few. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the, the highest level? Because I remember like going to one of your competitions, and I think you were lifting with like some of the top guys in the province. But like, what was the highest yeah. level that you competed in? Um, the highest that I went to was the nationals at I think it was 2016 nationals. It was the highest I went out in out in BC. Nice, nice. And do you remember what your numbers were at that time? Like, what were your what numbers you were hitting? In training, we were pushing like that was probably me at my peak so in training we were pushing snatches at around 130 kilos 135 kilos and we were pushing Damn. clean and jerks at around 160 through 170 like somewhere in that range at 85 kilo damn 85 kilos shit man Body weight. <laughs> yeah crazy dude that's that's a lot of weight man the thing the thing with weightlifting is it's crazy because it's so sports specific that I've had times now outside of being so sports specific where I've felt more capable and stronger than I did feel while I was training for weightlifting com competitively and you don't just you can't push the same numbers like it's one of those sports where unless you are snatching clean and jerking back squatting and front squatting like basically all the time you you do lose it and it's not to say that you're weaker you could end up actually being stronger than you were when you were weightlifting but because you're no longer specific you just won't be able to do it it's crazy i enjoy things that not everybody can do like i'm one of those people where if everyone in the room can do it i'm probably not going to care too much about myself doing it if it's mm -hmm. something that's super hard or super grueling uh, to the point where like it's too skillful for someone to just pick it up or maybe it's just too painful like you can pick it up but you're not willing to put in the pain and the work to get good at it like those are the things that I actually enjoy doing because yeah. they just have a greater reward you know that's nice man yeah I love that and that's that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to sort of show people that that side of things you know what I mean like that struggle on how sometimes the more you struggle like you know the, the better the outcome you know and I think weightlifting is one of those sports like you said it's just so like, I, I know at least for me, man, like I could have like a day where I'm just I'm lifting. Everything feels amazing. I, I get really good numbers. And then like, you know, I don't lift for a few days and then I go back and I can't even get like 80 percent, you know, and it's just yeah. because it's such a damn hard sport, you know, and um, so skillful. Right. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know about you, but I know for me, like I've been, you know, weightlifting on and off for like maybe, I don't know, three or four years. And, you know, like I still got so much to learn. Um, and I feel like every, every, every lift is just a little bit different, but I feel like when you get the lift to look the same every single time, like that's when you, you can start to be like more confident in your, um, in your abilities. Um, is there something right now that like you're working on when it comes to your lifts? Yeah, honestly, just because we've been out of the game for four months due to COVID and we just recently opened up Academy for the coaching staff to come back and train. So I've only been underneath the barbell for a week and a half as of right now. And mm -hmm. for now, it's you named it a second ago, consistency. Just trying to make the lifts feel and look the same. The weights really don't matter. They just need to feel and look the same. The second I put on a load that pushes me into a position that isn't so favorable or I know I shouldn't be in, uh, it's too heavy for that day. And like today, I think I worked up to clean and jerks at like uh, 95 kilos, which is just <laughs> over 50% of all-time bests, you know? Yeah, and yeah. They 
they felt heavy. And if I had yeah. gone up, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure the positions would have shifted and not been great. So I decided not to. And I think that's literally going to be my game for the next four to six months, just rebuilding my consistency, getting my body to find its groove again so that when I load it, it doesn't explode. Nice, nice. Um, let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit. So, you know, like you and I met at Academy of Lions and obviously you've been there, um, for a lot of your adult life. Um, how did that sort of come, come to be? You said it was like an after school program that you were, you were doing or? Yeah. So I, th I think it was grade 11 or grade 12. I can't remember. I think it was grade 11 though. Uh, after one of our gym classes, we were all just kind of sitting around stretching and like changing to go to our next period. And a woman named Ashley, who used to be uh, part of the back end for Academy, she helped with a lot of youth outreach and like social events. She was that person. Um, mm -hmm. She came into our gym class and kind of just said, we're, we're a CrossFit gym in the neighborhood. Uh, we do CrossFit. And if you guys have never seen what that is and you're into athletics, or if you know exactly what I'm talking about and you're interested, come check it out after school. It's totally free to you guys. You can come through three times a week and work out with us. So we would go three times a week after school and work out with Aaron McCutcheon, uh, the nice. RNC yeah. from Academy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she, that's basically my CrossFit mom. She was my first exposure to it. And she beat our ass three times a week and we, we fell in love. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's really, really good. I like that Academy does that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of yeah. community programs. Um, and then like, how do you transition from that into like working at the Academy? Like what was the sort of road like? That program ran through an entire summer. And then at the end of the summer, obviously the program had to end or just refresh into a new group of students. And, yeah. uh, I asked if there was a way to stick around and they ended up offering an internship to the most interested male and female who were part of that little summer crew. Uh, so me and I, a girl, I think her name was Karen. I don't remember, but I think, I think her name was Karen. We both ended up mm -hmm. accepting the internship, which was basically just like, you know, grunt work around the gym, like cleaning up after classes, helping print t-shirts in the back. Cause back then we still printed our own shirts and like, yeah. you know, just, just doing things to help out in, in exchange for free membership and free classes. And then I rocked that for about a year. And then after finishing high school, I was like asking myself post-secondary or do we try to kick up work and maybe take a couple certifications and try to get coaching? Like what was the road? Um, so I talked to a few people at Academy and just voiced my choice of like this fork in the road what what should I choose and we I ended up settling on trying to kick up work and try to start adult life and that's kind of where the journey took me I started racking up Agatsu certifications and hanging out with Sean Mosin and Sarah yeah, uh, yeah. a lot more and just kind of trying to absorb their their knowledge and their flow and the way they taught classes because I I was instantly drawn to the way they delivered information I found it very digestible and someone who had no post-secondary uh, schooling, like I didn't go to, to a, get my kin degree afterward or any of that, like I had to learn mm -hmm. on the fly. So finding two people who vibed with me and the way they presented the information being so digestible to me uh, made it really easy for me to pick it up and fall further in love with it, you know? Like I hadn't really contemplated coaching with my full intent until I took my first cert with Sean and saw the way he broke down movement and saw how he got geeky with it. I had just worked out because it felt good and I liked being strong, but I had never mm -hmm. gotten geek, geeky before. And yeah. that first exposure to it really lit me up. I got excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the stuff that, yeah, I love the stuff that Sean does, man. He, like you said, just, I, I think that's the right word. Like he just geeks out on it. And I feel like that's where you get a lot of good coaches and a lot of like good physios and RMTs, people who just geek out on stuff like that, like movement, because there's so much out there that like you kind of have to weed through all the bullshit to find, okay, like this is the way that you should 
you know, perform this movement or that movement. Um, so would you say that, um, like Sean, um, still influences like the way that you coach? Yeah, definitely. Like I've, I've met so many other people who I also hold in high regard now. Like it's been almost 10 years. So I've met so many different faces along the way. He's definitely one of the original people who influences me. Definitely still does to this day. I still hold a lot of his, uh, little truth bombs or knowledge bombs that I heard at the beginning for the first time, a lot of those still ring true for me and they do influence the way I run classes and the way I approach the programming at Academy, for sure. Like Alex Varbanov also changed the way I approach training and, and changed the way that I approach certain athletes who want to really go get it, you know, because there's always going to be different levels of athletes and at Academy, the, the difference is very broad. There's a few who definitely want to train for performance. They want to see numbers physically and quantitatively going up and mm -hmm. that matters to them. Whereas some other are a little bit more recreational and they work out just to feel capable and feel good in their body. And they don't necessarily need to be pushing PRs every couple of months because that's not their prerogative. But like Alex being able to teach me how to push a body to its limits, like literally the, the upper limits. Yeah. And yeah. That, that in itself was a lesson that the body is not as fragile and as frail as a lot of people think it is it's extremely adaptable and yeah. you can get it you can get it to do almost anything you want it to do if you're slow smart and progressive if you load things yeah. in the right way your body will surprise the hell out of you yeah 100% agree man you know what like it took me a while it's funny as a physio you think i would have learned this earlier but i actually learned that a little bit more in jujitsu because you know i'm always dealing with people that are busted so you know i'm tech perfect example man someone came in i was checking their ankle you know, they had rolled it, so I didn't have to put a lot of pressure before they had pain. And then I remember doing a jujitsu and, you know, there was like a heel locker or something like an ankle lock or something. I was working on with some guy and he was like, all right, cool. Like crank my ankle. I was like, all right, cool. I cranked it. He's like, all right, like go more. I was like, okay, I went harder. He's like, no, no more. And I just literally like, I was, I felt like I was ripping his foot off his leg. And I was like, man, like, yo, the body can actually withstand a lot. And again, it never really struck me because I'm always dealing with like injured tissue and injured people. So like with those people, like as, as soon as you get to like a very small amount of pressure, they're just like, you know, stop. And I don't want to push them that much further, but you're absolutely right, man. The body can just withstand some crazy stuff. Um, you know, obviously as you get older, that kind of changes, but I feel like it's still, uh, it still holds true. Yeah, definitely. And like that, the only reason I brought that up was just to kind of tie it into the, who influences me. Cause that was your initial question. And it's just like, all of the people who I've met who are better than me at this fitness game in regards to coaching, you know, like Clance Laylor uh, of LPS Strength and Conditioning is another huge person that I take a lot of knowledge from. And mm -hmm. I, I, jack, I jack a lot of his style and his flow because he's real. I spent an entire summer training with these guys out in North York, and I saw some of the strongest people that I've ever met in my entire life <laughs> in, that, in that one space, you know? Yeah. All, and, and it was crazy because they were all athletes from different sports. Like he had hockey players in there, he had football players in there. His daughters, one of the best in the world in regards to weightlifting like there were athletes from so many different movement modalities all in one room working towards the exact same goal which is just to be the best that they possibly can and like mm -hmm. putting myself in rooms like that with people like that is what's given me what i have now you know like my knowledge has just been on the fly constantly searching for rooms where i'm the weakest person and i just throw myself in there until i'm not the weakest person and i figure some shit out and that's nice. Yeah, that's how it's gone. Nice, nice. Do you think you'll uh, you'll compete again, or do you think you're just gonna do it recreational for fun, or you don't even know? I'll never stop lifting. I'll probably do it until my body can't anymore. Like, 
due to being too old or pain or arthritis or whatever it ends up being, I'll probably do it forever because I do love what it gives me in regards to calming me down, allowing me to work shit out. It's meditative. You can't do it super yeah. angry. You can't do it super sad because you'll literally get hurt. You have to be Zen doing it, which is something that helps me. I was always a little bit of an overactive kid and had a bad temper. So things that force me to not use emotion, like you just calm the hell down and actually do what you're trying to do. Things like that are great for me. So I'll probably weightlift forever. Um, in regards to competing, I, I love the idea of competing again, but I'm not going to pretend that I don't have an ego. So like lifting 60% of what I've lifted in front of groups before does bug me. That might go away as I age and mature a little bit. I might be able to shake that off. But as of mm. right now, the thought of going out in front of people to clean and jerk 130 kilos when I've tried to clean and jerk 170 in front of people bugs me. It really does. And yeah, I know yeah, that's a yeah. shitty attitude to have and it's going to get in my way. But I've also, like, I'm one of those peeps who lifts for myself. I don't necessarily yeah. need, to, need to beat this guy or that girl or be better than this person to justify my journey. I'm lifting because I love to lift. So competing hasn't ever really been a big thing for me. And I, I envied Nikki, like my main yeah. training partner for that. His competitive drive is nuts. He'll compete with, with anyone, anytime, any place. You know, he just needs to hear, the, hear some competitive words and he gets fired up, you know. And I've just never been that person. I don't have that super competitive drive. The things that I do in, in regards to fitness are for me. I, I love Nicky and obviously like his mindset has gotten him to such high, like to achieve such great things. Um, but I like, I like your mindset, man. Like, I feel like that's like when you, when you do something for yourself, like that's what brings you like that, that joy and that happiness, you know what I mean? And it can potentially get you a lot of great things as well. Um, but it helps you sort of push through, I think those barriers, right? Cause you know, if I'm just trying to beat the guy beside me, like, cool, now I beat him. Okay, now what do I do? You know, now I'm kind of bored. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like standing around. But if I'm just like, no, like, okay, cool. I beat this person. But hey, I can keep pushing myself and keep climbing that mountain that I made for myself. Um, so I feel like it's really important to kind of design your own mountain and keep climbing. Almost look at it as like, um, almost like limitless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you're just kind of using other people to set your standards, you just, you set, you hit ceilings really quickly, I find. So yeah, I think that's, that's a good mindset to have, man. And like to speak to that point with with like having a limitless goal when it's yourself, it also helps to improve the like why of your training. If your why is only to beat others, what happens when you're too old or when you're too beat up or when you're injured and you can't beat others? What happens when that why disappears? It's it's to me is such a fragile why, Yeah, you know? Yeah. The, the why for me has always been to be capable, to be strong. If something happens, if an apocalypse happens, if something goes down, I'm pretty sure that I can handle 99% of situations that might occur in a physical way to me and I'll be fine. And I love yeah. knowing that. I, like, that's my yeah. why. I, I like feeling capable. And yeah. that's not fragile because that's never going to go away. I'm going to want to feel capable until the day I die. Whereas 100%. beating other people at 50 years old, that might go away. I might not have the urge to beat other people. And then without the why, you don't drag your ass to the gym anymore and it falls apart. You know, it's just fragile yeah. that way. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think of like, I think of someone like Michael Jordan, you know, like, which is great. I admire Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jordan. He did some great things, but he was always like, you know, I got to beat that person. I got to beat yeah. this person, you know like it was just always about like overcoming that other person or that other barrier 
um you know and then as soon as like he he was done he was just he was done like you know maybe he plays basketball shoots basketballs around a little bit here and there but like you know he's not really doing it to the, the level that he was anymore um you know so there is some good to, to be said about that mindset Absolutely. but uh, like you said it's uh, if you're looking for longevity i feel like it's about just you know keeping it to yourself and being like hey let me just be better than i was yesterday you know let me just push it a little bit more than i did yesterday yeah I wanted to ask you how how did the way of the barbell come to be like what was the like like how, how did that come to like fruition yeah so the thought of it actually goes back to a conversation i had with a friend of mine a long time ago where we were talking about how training and real life are so interchangeable in a lot of ways and how yeah. a, a lot of the lessons you learn about yourself through training and overcoming barriers and doing things you didn't believe you could actually do can be very easily translated into real life challenges and things yeah. that you may doubt are possible in real life. And then we were talking about it in a way where we were looking for a name that we could title a book that we would have written about yeah. this exact topic. And we were like, we should call it Way of the Barbell, like Way of the Samurai, but Way of the Barbell. And I, that Very stuck cool, with man. me forever. Like, and that, that now is literally like the ideology that's in my head when I'm training. I train to overcome my weaknesses so that I can apply that to every other moment that I may feel too weak to do something. I go back mm. in my mind to all of the challenges I've overcome in that little gym and it's easy for me to think about overcoming everything else in the in the real world because i feel unstoppable in the gym and it's easy for me to take that and apply it to everything else yeah no i i agree man totally like i had a moment today i was squatting heavy and you know i haven't squatted heavy in like months this maybe my also like my second week doing heavy things and i was like man like i got super weak man squatting is heavy like my legs are tired i was doing like a six by five at like 80 percent, and i was like man, like, I don't want to do that last six set, man. It's going to suck like shit. But then I started to think about what you just said. Like, I started to think, you know what? Like, it sucks, but doing it is going to, I'm going to get some sort of reward from it. You know, I'm going to be sore as shit. It's going to suck. But then I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to be a little bit stronger. Come back the week after a little bit stronger. So, yeah, that, that mindset, I feel like, is is so important. I feel like it's taught me a lot. Like, it's taught me about being uh, being a beginner, you know? And the whole COVID thing has kind of restarted that whole process for me as well, because, you know, when I first started CrossFit, I was just in bodybuilding. So I had a lot of gaps and I was, it took me a while, but I was very much like, okay, cool. Like I'm a beginner. I'm new at this thing. Like I need to be patient, you know, work on my muscle up, work on my squat or my mobility. And then, you know, I finally started to get good at things and I started to see the, the benefits of like putting time into it and being a beginner. And then COVID hit. And then I was like, fuck, I feel like a beginner again. But like you said, it's just like overcoming that stuff just really helps and you can really apply it to, to life in general, you know? So just like grinding in the gym, that hurt, that pain that you're like, oh man, this really sucks, but I'm doing it to achieve this goal. Like, again, you can just apply that shit to life and I feel like it's, it's the same thing, whether you're applying for school, a job or trying to, you know, start a business or whatever it is, like, I feel it's just the right mindset to have you know grind through it and and anything is possible you know like kevin garnett says do, do you know have you seen that clip <laughs> no i don't know which clip is this it's a commercial well, or it's a it's a clip um it's funny it sticks with me because um my partner Cass brings it up a lot uh kevin garnett you know who kevin garnett is right 
Yeah, yeah, the basketball player. Yeah, he uh, he was on the Celtics, and one year they won the championship, and there's a video of him just holding the trophy, and he's just screaming. He's like, anything is possible. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> and it fucking sticks with me, because the older I get, I'm like, yeah, you know what, man? Anything is possible, you know? Like, you just got to have the goal, be consistent with it, and just kind of keep chipping away at it and not letting anything get in the way, you know? Yeah, and I think, like, to to this point, again, like, there also might just be something to be said for needing a little bit of struggle in your life. We live in North America and life is super comfy for us. You know, if you, yeah. if you think back, if you think back a good hundred, 150 years, where everybody was making their living through farming and all of the things they had to do themselves that we now have robots and machines and stores to take care of for us. Like life is too easy right now. If you just yeah. live this life we have without ever exposing yourself to any type of hardship or struggle, it, it can be really daunting when something falls apart in your yeah. real life and you've never struggled before. You literally don't know how to respond. So like yeah. the, the gym is, is also a nice way to just expose yourself to, to yeah, this is shit and I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it just because I can. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. That, that's a good point, man. I feel like that's one of the good things about the struggle is like, you know, in the gym, you kind of make the struggle. You say, okay, I want to squat, whatever, 100 kilos. So I'm going to work my way up till I hit 100 kilos. Um, you know, it's somewhat controlled and, you know, you have your goal, you have your plan. But it's nice to do that because you're right. Like, it just preps you for life because life doesn't give a shit. Life will just throw COVID at you. You know, it's just all, all of a sudden just throw COVID at you and be like, yo, guess what? You can't work now. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't travel. You can't do all these things. Um, and it your sucks. Friends. Yeah, yeah, can't go you know outside. I mean? You're just you're just gonna be inside, depressed with yourself. And if you know, if you've never experienced any of that type of alone yeah. struggle before, it's gonna be rough. Yeah, it's it is gonna be rough. I mean, it, I think it was rough for all of us um, all together. But yeah, those of us who struggled kind of came out the other end and just like you know what, like yeah, that sucked. But you know, I'm still here, and I knew I was gonna be here. You know. Yeah, and not to not to downplay COVID or anything. Working of out course. has not helped make COVID any easier. <laughs> this has been super super depressing, not being able to see anybody. But you know, yeah. big change, big change. But I mean, good news is like you know things are slowly opening up, and you know the the provinces. I think the province did a pretty good job in terms of dealing with the situation. Obviously, you know things things in hindsight things could always be better. But I mean, I think the community's done a pretty good job of. Uh, you know, keeping the numbers low and slowly following all the rules to keep everyone uh, safe. I agree. All right. So, Jay, I did want to ask you, the Verbanovs aren't at the academy anymore. And, you know, I was curious because I'm still thinking about competing a little bit. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's COVID right now, so we got to wait and, and stuff like that. But, you know, have you ever thought about making your own team at the academy and, you know, just training a bunch of athletes to compete? Yeah, I'm super happy you asked me that. But basically, with the way of the Barbell crew that we have now, Monday through Friday, um, there's been a little bit of interest building. And there are definitely some athletes in there who are interested in competing, and they're getting to the point now where they're consistent enough to maybe handle the nerves of a crowd watching and still be able to f perform. So like the, the need for a team is, is getting there. You're not the first one to mention wanting to compete. And it's something that we on the back end were actually trying to set up and put in place. The seasons were supposed to roll over in March. So I was going to register the academy to have a weightlifting team. We we're probably just going to call it Academy Alliance Weightlifting or something super simple. But um, mm -hmm. in the middle of emailing back and forth with an OWA rep and setting everything up on the back end, COVID hit. 
and and it they had to cancel all their registrations for new clubs because there's not going to be any competitions for the foreseeable future until we kind of figure out this new landscape. So as mm-hmm. of right now, there is no weightlifting club associated with Academy. You would just be coming for regular classes. But the moment competitions start rolling back in and things like that are a possibility, we'll follow through with what we were already doing in March and uh, get a club signed up. So that'll definitely be a thing. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's funny because uh, when I work on my my work schedule, because I know that like uh, the Verbenovs trained at like you know five to like eight p.m. I was always working then, um, except on Fridays, so I could always join in on Fridays. But right now, like my Mondays off and my Fridays are off, so I'm just like, oh man, like if there's a team at five o'clock, like I'm down to train on Monday and Friday. Like I'm there two days a week at least, you know. Uh, so it's awesome, man. And like to to that point too, we have no idea what time it's going to be. Like this, this could also be something that could be offered as an open time thing, so that it's a little bit more accessible. Because that was something that was hard mm-hmm. too before we had that team slot. But it was from five thirty to seven thirty, which is kind of the minimum amount that you'd need to train because that slot was only available three times a week, right? So you were getting those three mm-hmm. two-hour sessions. That's six hours a week. Like that's bare minimum if you plan on competing in anything. So if when when we revamp that. The, the plan is to make it as accessible as possible so that the athletes feel like they're moving in the right direction and have the space and the time they need, you know? Nice, nice. Awesome, man. Looking forward to it, dude. Yeah. All right, man. So let's uh, let's wrap things up here. If uh, people want to get in touch with you for some coaching or uh, some weightlifting, like how can they go about doing that? Yeah, uh, they can reach me at justinatacademyalliance.com. Uh, just shoot me an email. Let me know what's up. If you follow me on Instagram, you can also just DM me through Instagram and we can have a little discussion. And like, even if you're not interested in weightlifting or you're not sure, you've never tried it before, we can just have a conversation about it. Give you the deets and you can see if it's something that vibes with you. And if it is, we'll test it out. Sweet. All right, Justin, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to training again, man. I need to work on my, my lifting quite a bit. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to get it, man. Don't worry. All right, buddy. We'll chat soon. Thanks, man. Later. Later.